We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Today we're honored to have a good friend of the house, Gary Bird, with us, his wife Carolyn. Carolyn, would you stand? Is here with us today. I'm not sure. I think you were here the first time y'all were here, but you haven't been back since. So would you welcome Carolyn Bird this morning, all the way from Amarillo, Texas. We're glad you're here today. Gary and Carolyn reside in Amarillo, but truth be known, they're Okies. They were both born and raised in Oklahoma, so two weeks in a row, the Okies are in the house. Amen. We're loving that. We're loving that. It's always good to have another Okie here with me. Three of us make an army, so watch out. Watch out. Gary and Carolyn uh, are the head of the M25 initiative, which is reaching the hopeless, the hurting, the lost, the overlooked, not only in America, but particularly in Israel as well. Gary's just returned. They've just returned from a trip to Israel where they did a ride for solidarity. He's going to talk to you about that this morning and how God has used them to build bridges and to reach men and women for Jesus Christ. Gary was here the first time September 7th, 2014. Yvonne and I had just been here nine months. We were fighting a huge battle with uh, some religious people. You know what I mean? Some folks who were stuck in the rut they'd been in for a long time and they didn't want to move. And that Sunday morning, Gary came in and he just kind of blew it all up. And I loved it. I loved it. Because from that moment, things started to break and give and we began to see God breaking that stronghold. And I'm so glad today that we are not religious, aren't you? I'm glad we're spirit-led and filled with the Holy Ghost, and God leads us and guides us and directs us. And we don't have to do things the same way we did them 22 years ago. Amen. Because our God's a new God. He's fresh. He's always on the move. He's not stuck in 1987. Aren't you glad? But He's right here today, and we follow Him. So this morning, would you stand, put your hands together, and welcome our friend Gary Bird to Christian Heritage Church. God bless you, brother. We love you, man. We're glad you're here. Wow. You be seated. Wow. Isn't it, wasn't it worship beautiful this morning? You know, I punched my wife. I said, the harmony is so sweet. Now, you don't hear harmony much anymore. And man, it's just to be able to go into the throne room with God. And it's good to be back at Christian Harry. It's good to be with our friends, uh, Steve and Vaughn. And, uh, and y'all just say this with me. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, he's got a Harley sitting over there. And uh, so uh, we're just real glad. We got to go have dinner with them last night on them. And uh, just a great, great couple. I think one of the things about them that I really like is I've, I've observed, I'm 60, almost 66 years old. I've been preaching ever since I was 15. And I've watched the church over decades and the transitions that it's gone through. And, you know, this high and that high. And, you know, this, um, I once told somebody, I said, I believe that the enemy just backs off and uh, lets us find another part of God's revelation, and we go to seed on it, and we continually run circles in the church chasing new visions or new new moves of God that have been around for, you know, since uh, Jesus was here on earth, since the Holy Spirit fell. And, and it's just like we keep chasing our tail, you know, and uh, while the world's dying out there and going to hell. And there's a lot of people in my assessment that build the church hoping to advance the kingdom. But then there are folks that you can relate to and that you can find in your midst that build the kingdom hoping to build the church. And there's a huge difference in those two. You know, when you're kingdom first, 
then you trust God to build the institution or the, the body. And uh, I'm just glad to be with a couple of folks that I believe are interested in building the kingdom of God. Because it says the kingdom of God is what's going to bring us the victories in the last day. Amen? And uh, it's that kingdom that Jesus died for. Um, I won't get too far into it, but I have been amazed at how the church is still caught up with all the wrong stuff. We've kind of evolved back 2,000 years, and we still get involved in being mesmerized by all of the stuff and forget the king of kings. And uh, they couldn't even, the church then couldn't even recognize who the Messiah was. And I, I believe sometimes we in this day and time were in those same shoes. And it's good to be with a family uh, that carries that same burden, that knows who Jesus is and uh, walks in that kingdom. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of things. I, I just want to tell you, first off, that uh, we have just traveled since I, we left home the 1st of April or May. I actually preached in um, North Carolina on May or April the 30th and rode May the 1st. It was Carolyn's 65th birthday, and I didn't want to miss it. And I rode uh, 1,512 miles in 28 hours nonstop except to get food and fuel. And I made that birthday party. And uh, so those, be counting those miles, when we left North Carolina, we went to California, went to Montreal, flew with our motorcycles to London, rode across Europe, went into Israel, then we traveled 1,700 miles there. We have ridden in since May the 1st. I've ridden somewhere in the, and traveled somewhere in the neighborhood of 11,000 miles. What I'm going to show you in the next few minutes is we have approximately another 11,000 miles to do in the next two months. And so we're thankful that God at 66, the Howards have always been a source of encouragement for me, you know, because they're not young chicks anymore, you know. <laughs> And uh, I watched them, I watched Brother Howard push Sister Howard around the convention, and they gave me hope. You know, I'm 66, but I can still go. And thank God for his strength and his grace when we're in the battlefield. But I want to just show you a couple of things that's coming up, because one of them especially will affect you. So if you'll throw that slide up real quick, um, we're going to start with it. Uh, we're going to the Native Americans three weeks from yesterday. We're going to be giving that beautiful horse away to the Native Americans. And when we did it last year, they said, we believe that we're giving these white men the right to be on our sacred dance floor because they're trying to build a bridge of forgiveness between us and them for all of the broken treaties. Well, y'all pray for us that we can build that bridge uh, three weeks from yesterday as we give it away. We'll be preparing food and giving it away those at that same day. Let's go to the next slide. I'm not going to spend much time with any of these, but we're going to do the diaper run again. How many of you ever remember the, about the diaper run? How many of y'all are pro-life in this house? How many of y'all pro-life here? Y'all believe babies have a right to live? How many of you believe the church shouldn't condemn people but offer them help? All right, that's what this is all about. We raise diapers, money, and baby wipes. For little babies and their mothers in Royal Home Ministries in Falcon, North Carolina, we're going to make a stop at exit 192 at the pilot. And uh, if any of you can get your eyes open. Now remember, we will have been traveling for over 40 hours. We will take an hour and a half nap in Texas and then we'll come. So don't anybody come up to me after service and say, that sure is early in the morning. 
because I will have been up for two days, all right? But what we'd like to do is if y'all would like to come out and have a cup of coffee with us and root us on, cheer us on. If you have a bag of diapers, we'd love for you to bring them out and uh, we'll uh, be sure and present them. So uh, that's 4.55 a.m. Say a.m. Come on, say a.m. All right. And we'll, uh, we'll make a stop out there. We'll only be there about 20 minutes because we got to get to Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, just believing that God's going to help us continue to make a difference in people's lives in that area. You know, and I know that if you heard me before, that I believe that the way we're going to make a difference in this world, we've preached until the ears have become dull of hearing in America. And the, my opinion is, is we're going to have to learn to serve people and them open the door for us to share the gospel. We, uh, I will be talking about that in this just next few minutes. But would you stand with me? Let's do something. Okay. We're going to do this as quickly as I know how this morning. We've got a lot I want to share with you, but we're going to go quick. But we want to start with the Word of God. Say with me. Say, for God. For God. Come on, say, for God. For God. The God creator. The God, creator. God my shepherd. God of the universe, loved me, are so loved, I'm, I'm wanting to get ahead of myself, say for God, so loved, you know what that word so means? To the extent, to the extent, he loved us to the extent, so say for God, so to the extent, loved no agendas. He loved the world. Come on, say the world. Say not the church. Say the church is in the world. So he loves the church, but he loves the world. He loves all humanity. All humanity. All people. All nations. All walks of life. Saw all social. All economic, all races. He loves all people. He loves his world. He created it. Come on. Are y'all with me now? He created it. He loved it so much that he sent his only begotten son, the one and only son, the only way there is to come to Jesus or the heaven is Jesus Christ. He is still the way, the truth, and the life. Are y'all still with me now? Are we still there? There is no other God that you can make the kingdom through but Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? So let's start it over. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Only one. No extras. He loved us that much. That none should perish. Say self-destruct. How many of you know there's no reason for us to die in our sin and our misery? There's no reason for us to die in our addictions. There's no reason for us to die in our bondages. Come on. How many of you know we self-destruct? And God has a grace that we don't have to self-destruct in. How many of y'all glad for that? Come on, give Jesus a hand. We don't have to be (laughs) self-destructing. Our decisions does not have to lead us to destruction, but lead us. Say, come on, say, lead us us. 
to eternal life. A better quality, abundant living here on earth. How many of y'all believe God has abundant life for us? Uh, come on. How many of you believe God has abundant life for us? Somebody sat there and saying, you don't know my checking account. Your abundant life is not t- tied to your checking account. Your abundant life is attached to who you are in Jesus Christ. That's who, where the abundant life is attached to. As a matter of fact, brother, I found out that at the times that my bank account was the lowest, Jesus was the biggest because in my weakness, his strength evolved and became my source. Oh, come on, give it up for Jesus. I believe y'all believe that this morning. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We praise you this morning because you are God. Amen and amen. How many of y'all glad that your abundant life is not attached to your body? How it feels this morning. I'm 66. Just past uh, all of those thousands of miles. Been through meetings all week at a great general conference. And when I put my foot down on the floor, I think there was, the, there was a few hair on my head that didn't hurt. <laughs> I sore all over, hurting all over. But how many of you know that does not tie to the abundant life of Amen. God? That's Amen. Right. Give it up one more time for Jesus and you be seated. <laughs> amen and amen. You may be seated. We're going to walk through this real quick, and, uh, but we're going to try to pass on to you. Um, if you'll go to the next slide, Sonia, um, we're going to, we're going to kind of walk through this in a rather, uh, way. Oh, I didn't, I hadn't shared that. We, we did a run for the wall on the way across. I forgot about that slide being in there. And the same weekend that I'm giving the horse away in Montana, M25 is going to have a team in Cripple Creek, Colorado, giving away a motorcycle that's being completely, it's been completely rebuilt. It's a trike. And it's fixed to where that when he puts it, he don't have a leg. It was a wounded combat veteran. How many veterans we have in the house? How many of y'all, come on, how many of y'all thankful for our freedom? So what M25 has done is built them a trike. And when he puts his handbrake on, the back brake engages. And uh, we've done some things, put a reverse on it for him so he don't have to try to push it. Uh, just a lot of things. So we were very involved in Run for the Wall, honoring our veterans. I can tell you this year, we've done it for 13 years. And this year, standing at the Vietnam Wall, I was so blessed, uh, humbled, um, cried a bunch. Um, but my wife can attest to it. As I walked down the Vietnam Wall with the somewhere around 1,500 veterans that we served on Run for the Wall, people would stand in lines. And just say, Pastor Gary, would you stand with me? Chaplain, would you stand with Shepherd? Stand with me. And they would just lay their head on me and just weep and sob. And so God is bringing healing to our veterans. How many of y'all know we need God to heal some of our veterans? And so we're just thankful for that. I wanted to show that. I'm sorry. Thank you, Sonia. Go to the next slide. We were blessed before we went to uh, Ride for Solidarity. How many of you ever seen the movie Braveheart? Okay, how many of you men remember my training? I believe in being a man, right? And so we went up to uh, Scotland, uh, Sterling, and visited the site of the uh, William Wallace Memorial. 
And uh, I've got I've got a, the original a copy of the original sword from William William Wallace headed my way, and we're just excited about it. And you say, well, why would that mean so much to you? Because I'm believing that God is going to raise a nation of men and women who the freedoms and the kingdom of God is more important than life itself, just like it did to William Wallace. William Wallace wanted the freedom of Scotland so much that life meant sec- was secondary to him. The most important thing was the freedom of Scotland. And I stood there saying, God, raise up men and women who, there, who all of the other stuff will love this world to the extent that they're willing to lay their life down for it. So it was a great ex- moving experience for us. Let's go to the next slide. We were privileged to speak at the London School of Ministry. Um, I may have messed that one up too, but I don't know. <laughs> I had eight churches there, and uh, we were so blessed to be a part of it. We were actually there in London when the they bombed the suicide bomber bombed or the bomber bombed uh, London Bridge on that Saturday night, and I spoke that Sunday morning, and I was amazed at how the church responded. The church's response is, "Let's pray." That's it. I laid in that bed after I heard of the bombing, and I says, God, give us a way to serve this community. Amen. How many of you know we've got to get activated? Do I believe in praying? Amen. Pastor Steve, you know I believe in praying. But how many of you know the church has got to do something? Amen. The Howards didn't pray for India. They went to India. That's right. You follow me? So we, we rode with our back patches on, Big Mission M25 on the, our backs, uh, flying the United States and Israeli flags, and the missionary that's there proclaimed in a letter to me that, uh, I can share that with you, but he proclaimed how our bold witness, how many of you know when you put Jesus on your back and you're riding a motorcycle that makes a lot of noise around the country, you're not incognito. And they talked about the, what they believed our bold witness for Jesus did for London as we traveled around the city for about 10 days during that time. So, great. I go to the next slide. I got to get through these. We did this dream of Jews and Christians standing together. How many of y'all believe that we got to stand with Israel? How many believe God's chosen people is Israel? If we don't, we're probably not going to get anywhere today. All right? But I'd still believe God takes care of His chosen people. I believe He gets, takes care of the Jewish people. And so what we did was had the opportunity to go ride with them across. We left London and we rode across ten countries, nine countries in Europe and Israel. 6,500 miles. We, we uh, did everything but sleep with them. I mean, we stayed in the same motel but they stayed in another room, thank God. But uh, we, we ate with them. We traveled with them. We were with them anywhere. We'd, our days would start at 5.30 to 6.30 of the morning. And uh, we would eat, get to eat dinner between 8 and 10 at night. And grab a few hours sleep and go again. And we did that all the way across the country. Why? Because we wanted to stand with Israel. We wanted a visible presence that the United States of America, we had the United States American flag on the back of our motorcycle. We had the Israeli flag on the back of our motorcycle. And we had Jesus on our back. So we wanted them to know that we were standing with Israel, that we were there. We were all, we talked about going through Turkey 
And um, we decided that probably would not be wise. And uh, we we uh, talked to a turkey missionary this past week, and he told us it would have been like saying, shoot me, you know, on our back. So we didn't go across Turkey, but we went around, uh, we put our boats, I mean, our bikes on a ferry in Athens, Greece, and floated them to Israel and picked them up there and toured for 1,700 miles in Israel. Let me just give you a brief summary. Go, Sonia, would you please? This is what it was about. This was us standing in front of the memorial sites with the Jews that we rode with. We didn't ride with a great big crowd. Where I can just tell you we're going to do this again. Every other year we'll be here in the United States. Uh, say every other year. Come on, stay with me. How many? Come on, say every other year. My pastor needs to ride with a, him. Okay, I just was. Got, I just thought I'd throw that in. You know what? I, you know what I mean. <laughs> but we're going to stand with Jews. There's going to be ten bikes from Israel are Jews and ten bikes from uh, Christians, and we're going to ride across the nation. We want them to know we stand. Now, here we do that. We call it Balnam. How many? I don't know if y'all remember that, but it's be a light, not a mouth. Say that with me. Be a light, not a mouth. I mean, you know, the church has been a mouth. And the first time that God told me to be a light, not a mouth, I didn't know what that meant. And he had to take me on a, a crash course of how to be a light because they didn't teach that to me in ministry 101. They didn't teach me how to be a light. They taught, taught me how to be a mouth, how to talk all the time. And what I found, and I'm not going to do the teaching here today, but I found there is a way of loving people and them actually asking you for prayer. Oh, that sounds like Jesus, don't it? Jesus never asked anybody if he could pray for him, did he? He waited for them to ask him. And then Peter tells us to be quick to give an answer for the faith that resides within you. And so what we did is we went across there just to let them love them or to love on them and let them feel our love. Now, I met with our team before we left London and I said, guys, we're going to go out there and we're going to build relationships. Why are we going to build relationships with these folks? And they said, so we can share our faith in Jesus Christ. I says, no, if you're going with them just to love them so you can talk, don't even go. Three of you get that? If you're just going to love people so you can change the way their checking account looks by them giving, and you can get them in your church, and you can change the way they do family, and the way they do everything else, if you only love them because you have an agenda that you think they're smarter than you, or that you're smarter than they are, and how I many of you know they're going to read right through that? But when you love people because you love people, I love people because I love people. I don't love people because I have an agenda and I wanted our team to do that. It took us about six days before the Jews really gathered that we loved them. We weren't there to proselyte. Now, if they ask us, we told them because we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? What an incredible, I'm going to try to show you how that rolled out. In the next few minutes, I just want you to see this. There's this statement was in our book about the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem. And it said it was talking about Gentiles that saved Jews lives during the Holocaust. And it said they risked their life. And then the statement says without 
a financial, I misspelled that, a financial or evangelistic motive. What they've done is they honored people who love them because they love them. And I knew I was on the right track. And God began to use us to open that up. But I wanted you to see, that's what they said about us. That's what they said about us. There's a lot of things that you hear from preachers that's never been with people. They've read a book. You follow me? But when you've lived with them, you understand some more things about them. Let's go to the next slide. The Christians, we joined in the Shabbat. How many of y'all know what the Shabbat is? It starts at Friday night when the two moons are showing, the two stars. And it ends on Saturday night when the two stars come back out. And somewhere around 7.30, 8 o'clock. And then they have a a Shabbat meal. Now they partake with wine. I have made a covenant. I, I I don't condemn anybody that drinks a glass of wine or has a beer. That's your business. And the, and the, truthfully and honestly, you can't tell them it's wrong biblically because they drink wine and they, in, in the Bible. But I've made a covenant with myself and, and my wife and my Lord that I would not let any alcohol beverage cross my lips. I do that because I have, my family has a tendency to go too far with things. Have y'all noticed that about the way I <laughs> We go too far. So I could see me being an alcoholic. And my father told me, he says, you take that first drink, you may have to fight it the rest of your life. So I didn't. And the second thing is I didn't want to open the door. I didn't want my kids to see me drinking a beer and then them get strung out on drugs and me open that door. So that's why I did it. Not condemning anybody, it's just my personal choice. And I was always told that you can't do that with, with people on the mission field because you'll offend them. And I just began to explain it wherever we went. I won't go into detail but wherever we went and they were serving alcohol, we would just say, it's kind of like the Nazarite vow for us. And when we would tell them that, they would say, oh, we understand. And they got grape juice for us. And we partook of the Shabbat with our grape juice. And we all tipped our glasses just like they were wine. And we enjoyed the time and they allowed me to... What I'm trying to tell you is you can be in the world and not of their ways. Are y'all following me? That's the real point. I, I, I love what was said on, um, I think, Friday, Thursday afternoon by Ed Stetzer. We're to be in the world, not of the world. We, we, we don't exclude ourselves from the world. We, we Christians got to get back in that world out there. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Um, oh, and I needed to mention there, we actually did communion on a Sunday uh, with the Christians. There was uh, six of us Christians, and the Jewish leader went with us. And I said, sir, we would like to partake of the uh, communion together. And he said, can my family partake with you? What, are y'all seeing what God was doing with that whole be a light, not a mouth thing? And, and we began to share our hearts together from that uh, moment in some different ways. Uh, I just wanted to throw some things. We did get to baptize the guys in the Jordan River. If you've never done it, I've had one pastor tell me, well, I had water baptism when I was 14 years old. Don't need to be baptized again. I said, dude, this is the Jordan River. You know? And so, anyhow, we baptized them in the Jordan River. And Brother Howard, I've never baptized in the sitting like I was at, but I was praying, God, don't let me laugh and don't let me drop them. 
all the time that I was holding them in the water, the fish were nibbling on my legs. It wasn't the tank, you know what I mean? So, but what a great experience it was. Um, This couple in the top right-hand corner, I'm going to talk about the Maccabea in just a moment. But we went over to honor the Maccabea games. And these were Jews from California that heard our story Began to weep and give us, give this young man in the middle, gave him some money to help offset his cost because we were there. It, it, the, what we did not only touched Israel, but it touched, there was 1200 athletes from the United States of America. And so we were able to touch them. We, we did get to spend some time at the wall. And then the, they handed, a Jew handed us, bought every one of us one of these little keychains or little things you hang on the wall. And it said, you're grafted in. Huh? 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 I've got chill bumps running all over me right now. The Jews told us we were grafted in. Wow. What a move it was. What an incredible thing. All right, let's go to the next slide. Our U.S. missionaries, we got to involve our church. Across, we had two places that we attended where we have USA missionaries. One of them was in Brussels and they fed us a meal. And then uh, there in the, the guy in the green right there in the middle is our missionary. And then the missionaries, uh, in Romania came out and spent some time with us. And, uh, if y'all were, if y'all know anything about the service that happened Friday at General Conference, uh, there was, um, I think, uh, t- 10 countries that we were able to present soil from. We hauled it across. Now, everybody put your hand forth like this, please, and say, God blessing, forgiving his lying mouth. Because when I got on that airplane, it said, did you bring any soil? And I checked, no. But I found a confessional, a confessional booth and got it fixed when I got here, all right? But we brought soil from 10 different countries for them to put. I'm just proud of our church is all I'm trying to say there. Let's go to the next slide. This is where it's going to get sticky. How many of y'all know what Dachau is? I need to see your hand. How many of y'all know what Dachau is? You been there? Okay. Dachau is one of the premier death camps during the Holocaust. Um, We had gone through a... You go through the gate and it says work makes free, which we lied to them. We got them in there. We worked them. It was, uh, we walked the camp, we got down and we went through where that they take their, where they strip the Jews, they run them into this building, they stripped them, went to the next room, they shaved them, in the next room they killed them, and then they took them out and took them across a little gravel parkway, it's gravel now, I don't know what it was in 1942, but they took them across and then they burned them. And... Uh, when you are there, uh, it's very moving, but you're, when you're there with Jews that had family members, it takes on another level of significance. And I can tell you that this picture where I, you can see me standing in the middle, Carolyn took that picture, we're in a room that's uh, probably from the stage to those chairs in diameter, and it's probably about 20 feet tall, and there's a little ray of light. Did you go down into the Jewish memorial? You remember that little bitty light at the top of it, and it came down? 
who were standing, and they, they said the Kaddish, and I'm not saying that exactly right, but they said the Kaddish, which is the Jewish prayer for the dead. And then they played a song on the clarinet. And man, it was one of the most intense moments of my life. Now, you have to remember, I'm a Christian. And I'm wearing Christian on my back. And if you've ever seen my vest, I've got Christian all over it. I'm a Christian. And my hero, one of our heroes of faith is Dr. Martin Luther. Right? In the Holocaust Museum, when you go to the slide where they are, the room in the museum where they talk about the final solution, you will see Dr. Martin Luther's name at the top of the list. He was at the top of the table, and he was there on how to kill Jews as a Christian. Do you all grab the significance of what I'm talking about? We helped kill the Jews. When Christian churches would hear the trainloads of Jews going by their church and have the windows open because it was hot in there, and they could hear the Jews crying out, Somebody help us! You know what the church did? elevated their song and sung louder so they couldn't hear the Jews. And I have, I've had people call me down and say, I resent what you're saying because I make a point that your state had two shiploads of Jews setting right off its shores in Miami and they wanted to get off and come in to our country, and our president at the time would not let them unload, and we sent them back to Germany to be killed in the death camp from this country called the United States of America. And I had people, I've had people stand in a meeting and challenge me and say, yes, but we liberated them in World War II. Yeah, but we were there. And yes, we had a young man that was with us, or not quite so young, but younger than me. He was with us, and his father had been a part of liberating Dachau. And it was a very emotional, moving moment. But may I remind you that World War II lasted a long time without United States getting involved, and it wasn't until they bombed Pearl Harbor that we got in. We got in for retaliation, not love for the Jews. Look, come on, let's, let's look at things real and then try to figure out why they don't believe that we love them. I, 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 that's the case I'm trying to present. Do you grab it? And at that moment of silence, The man looked at me and he says, Pastor Gary, it's your turn to say something. What do you say? Do they teach that in Ministry 101? Do they do it in 6002? I don't care what level of ministry, you won't find how to deal with those moments. But how many of you know there is a, a power called the Holy Spirit? Amen. 
that promises that He will fill our mouth. We don't have to be afraid that He would be there and fill our mouth with the words. And Brother Howard, I'm going to tell you, this happened over and over and over across the country. I didn't share a gospel that was trying to convert them. I shared a gospel that tried to comfort them and let them know that there was a God in heaven that loved them and that we love them. And I want you, and I prayed every time in the name of either Jesus or the Lord. I did, wasn't backward when they asked me, but the point is, is I had to present something that they could understand the love, not the condemnation. You're a Jew and you're going to hell. We're Jesus and we're going to heaven. I had to bridge that gap and the Holy Spirit filled our, oh, somebody shout in this house. How many of you know that's what we do when we're with Jesus? Now, you go out there and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're going to get your butt kicked. That's right. If the Holy Spirit's not flowing through you, you're in trouble. But boy, if you're flowing in the Spirit, He'll fill your mouth. When I got through speaking a few moments and saying a prayer, I don't have time this morning to tell you what I did, but it was God, man. And those Jews started hugging my neck and weeping and thanking us as Christians for doing what we just did. Amazing, isn't it? I don't have time to do this with all of them, but I wanted you to understand that one. Go to the next one. How many of you have ever heard of the shoe memorial? It's Budapest. The river runs, there's Budapest, okay? And the river runs between it. And at that river, there was Jews that were taken out to the river, and they were made to stand on that little ledge, and they would shoot them. And before they shot them, they had them to take their shoes off so that they could recycle them. And so now there's a memorial called Shoe Memorial in Budapest. We were there with them. The bottom, we spoke at the Baron's home in Germany. Uh, We stopped at the Munich. How many of y'all know we had uh, 11 Jews killed in 1972 um, at the Olympics? That's going to have a little bit to do with the, the latter part of this. Um, I'm just going to quickly tell you one more story. We were with this family. That's their memorial. His wife, uh, the man on the, your left, um, his wife and his grandbaby was killed by a suicide bomber. And we were standing in the hole in the concrete was right there. And uh, she was talking and just sobbing naturally. You know, and she told the story. She was sitting there when her baby was blown up and uh, just blew her away instead of killing her. She didn't get hit with any of the shrapnel. And um, as she's telling this story, our heart broke. And the things got real quiet again. And the daddy reached over, the husband, granddaddy, and the husband reached over and put his hand on my arm. And he said, please. Say something. And Steve, I'm just going to tell you, the Holy Spirit showed up one more time. And I was able to bring some comfort and some peace. And he presented us a gift the next day. I just want you to understand that we didn't go over there preaching. We went over there living. And God allowed our living to produce the preaching. Are you all following that? Are you following that? And you know what? We can't tell you that any of them said the sinner's prayer, which I don't think amounts to a hill of beans anyhow. 
It's a conversion, not a confession that's going to get you to heaven. So I, I, was, I really wasn't concerned about that at all. What I was concerned about was them knowing that we loved them, that God loved them. And the, the guy that was my co-organizer, I was a co-organizer of this run. And he told me, he said, I'm going to go back and read the New Testament again with a different set of eyes. Now, if Jesus don't touch his heart, and if it's not, what could have I ever said? So I'm not here to convert. My Bible tells me that I'm to sow seed, water seed, and he will bring the, the, the uh, increase, right? So that's what we did. That was one of the most difficult moments of the time. Okay, let's go to the next slide. We're going to get to some fun stuff. These are all of the, these are all of the, or not all of them. This is kind of a top off of several of the Jewish. We met with Jewish leaders, presidents over nations, uh, the countries as we came across, rabbis that was over synagogues. Uh, we met with the mayor, Carol is standing with the mayor of Frankfurt, Germany, which is a Jew. We, the guy, the picture in the middle, was is the European Union. We visited there, met with their leaders, and was able to share. And, now listen, folks, we're sitting, and they're all thinking we're all Jews. And then the Jewish leader looks at them, and he says, oh, by the way, there are six Christians here that are riding with us. How many of you know we made some impact by just being there? Isn't God good? Three of you smile at me. Say, God's good. Amen. Oh, just amazing. Let's go to the next slide there. I would love to tell you stories about all these. How many of you in here has ever heard about Maccabea? Come on, I need to see your hand. How many has ever, us uh, got one over here. Two, three, four, five, six. Back there, Maccabea is the third largest sporting event in the world. 10,000 athletes from 80 countries. You know why we don't hear about it? Because they're Jews. Don't hear about it on the ESPN. 10,000 athletes are to draw at least one headline. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church... We invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website chctoday.com